Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Zero, one, two, three is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Uh, hi, Mark, wasn't here. Just, I'd like you to come to the William Morris Gallery, um, which is in the beautiful Lloyd Park in Walthamstow. And Will has actually walked past it several times. Um, to come to my house, so it shouldn't be any skin off his nose, at least. Yeah, yeah, Ray, you can go F yourself. <laughs> uh, hello. Laura, just saying hello. You are just saying hello. Mainly to, um... Well, you know, the listeners, this is a bad start, to be fair. They always are. I've, in fact, I've made it a feature of the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I know. I like when you do a little little nonsense thing, a sort of like a sort of really leaning into it, creaking into it like an old ship. <laughs> and, then, and then I say something like, Oh, shut the fuck up, train lady. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's that bit done, isn't it? That's that bit done. How Look, are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not bad. Uh, how are you, Laura? Yeah, I'm all right. We are pre-Christmas week, aren't we? Recording yeah. this. Obviously, it's not when you're listening to it. Christmas is a distant memory. Or you're listening to it next Christmas. In which case, how are the new variants? Or <laughs> may- maybe Christmas isn't a real thing anymore because it just keeps getting cancelled and you can't really wish anybody Merry Christmas anymore. No, you, you, you can't really say anything these can't days. can't say a thing these days. Um, Laura, where are we off to? We are going to the William Morris Gallery in Walthamstow, your old neck of the woods. My old neck of the woods, yep. Yeah. It's about... Uh, about 400 metres from where I used to live. But you've never been? Nah. Because you're a bad boy. Yeah. Why are we going today? We've been sent there by your friend of mine. It's uh, only bloody Mark Watson. Mark bloody Watson, author and comedian and lovely man. Yeah, so he said, he said, lads, well, you heard him say, lads, you've got to go and see. So we're going to go and see. Um, we're looking forward to it. Laura, you've had a little look at the internet, haven't I you? I have. Now, I've got to be honest, this is one of the thinnest on the ground trip advisors. That's the train doors opening there thinnest on the ground trip advisors we've ever had there's only one one star review and it's all about the car park go on what's it say uh, it just says rip off car park charges it says i'd like to write a good review about this place literally no one's stopping you mate uh, but i was ripped off by waltham forest council who run the car park 
ticket machine is faulty. So even though I put the correct money in the ticket machine, the ticket had the wrong time on it. My eyesight isn't great, so I assumed it was correct. However, the traffic wardens must be wise to this, what your bad eyesight, and pounced with a nasty fine. Nice little earner for the council. What a fucking idiot. What an idiot. Though. You don't have to leave that review on no. the William Morris Gallery. Also, you know like when someone says, um, what's the thing, like when something supernatural happens and someone goes, oh, well, it, it's all fake. And then you go, no, 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 honestly, look, the ghost comes here every night. La, look, I, I did fake it one time. Boom, you lost all credibility. But that's like when you go, well, the t- I put the right money in. I had the right ticket. I had the right time. Yes, my eyesight's bad. <laughs> right, well... Also, I think it's like me going like, I'd love to give William Morris Gallery a good review, but I stepped in dog shit on the way there. Like, it, this is unrelated. So that is the only one-star review. Okay. There are no two-star reviews. Okay. Then there's a few three-star ones. Um, just I've picked a few choice lines. Uh, should be visited at least once by anyone living in East 17. Yeah, cool. So... Just you, you like the postcode, don't you? Tiny people living in a band. I thought they've all got to get in and visit the William Morris Gallery. Very funny. Uh, w- just, just we are aware that the postcode of Wolfhamstow is E17. Yeah, E17. Yeah, just checking. Just checking. Did you ever visit there when you lived in E17? No, but I listened to a lot of Brian Harvey. Thank you. Um, I liked this one. I went to this site a very long time ago, and every time I visit, it is closed. <laughs> The site does not stay open for long. All review. <laughs> Just don't review them, buddy. Oh, um, Janice, I'm going to write that review of the William Morris Gallery now. Lovely, who been? No. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to give it three stars, even though I can't get into there. The outside, lovely. <laughs> Any, give me a five-star review. Um, yeah, so the five stars, you know, everybody loving it. Most, vast majority of them are five stars. Um, for socialists, this is a must. Oh, a must. So I don't know much about William Morris, so that was quite interesting. I was like, oh, he's a socialist, is he? Will loves a socialist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, delightful and inspiring. And then this review that I've only included to wind you up. A five-star review. Champagne Socialist is the title. Elegant building set in a nice park showcasing Morris's life work and politics. Well-organised and interesting exhibition with many original pictures, stained glass, books, textiles, etc., Interesting to read of his socialist views, given his great material success. Free entry. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, you hate the world, do you? Well, I can't help but notice you live in it. <laughs> Fuck off, you idiot. Read a book. We are here! We just had a lovely stroll through Walthamstow. My so many cafes, Will. There is. I, I, of course, used to live in Walthamstow, and I'll tell you, I've been to most of them, and, they're, and they are, by and large, great. Anyway, we walked through, for those who are au fait with Walthamstow, just went up Ho Street, turned onto Forest Road, and now we're outside the front of the... Uh... It really does stand all by itself, this museum, doesn't it? So, like, you just pop out of a residential thing, and then, bam, there's this massive freestanding house all by itself, oh, s- and uh, in the middle of a park. So just behind, yeah, just behind the house is Lloyd Park, which is like one of the municipal... Lloyd George? No, I think it's Edward Lloyd. In fact, it's yeah, Edward it is. Lloyd. I don't know, but it's on the blue plaque over there. No. Uh, but I didn't know it was Edward Lloyd. I don't know who he is. But yeah, it's nice because of... Obviously, London is so built up. The green spaces are quite... Uh, sacrosanct. Do I mean sacrosanct? 
don't know. Yeah, I reckon I do. Yeah, put it in. So That's yeah, a good word. it's an old house. What are we talking, Vicky Tory? Oof, Georgian? Yeah. I don't know, mate. Well, I reckon if we walk over I here... we'll find out. If we walk over here, we'll see the uh, the blue plaque outside the house, which I assume will have some dates. Then we he can... lived to a good age, Morris, didn't he? Um, yes! Let's have a look. Here we are. We're coming up on the blue plaque. He was born in 1834. He died in 1896. Pure Six- Victorian. 62. Yeah, and Edward Lloyd lived here 1857 to 1845. Edward Lloyd was a publisher, according to the blue plaque. I'm finding blue plaque hard to say. Blue plaque. Blue plaque. Blue plaque. I like how curvaceous this building is. Yeah. Sexy. The other buildings. Do you know what? If you were looking at this building from the bird's eye view, it would look a lot like the statue of that woman with the weird boobs we talk about on years and years, which you can listen to if you become a bloody patron, and you should. Why aren't you a patron yet? It's weird. Yeah, why aren't you? We're hemorrhaging money. So you come in the front door and boom bam, you're in the gift shop, which I want to spend thousands of pounds in the gift shop, but we're going to go through the right hand door, which says above it, meet the man. All right, I want to meet the man. I'll be surprised if he's here. And we're into the first room. So it, it sort of looks like it's, it's a house, it's a museum made from a house. Yeah, I think like the museum is, is the house that was. So he was a designer, a craftsman, a poet, and a social activist. A champagne social activist. Yeah, right, tell me about it. It's bloody, it's live in the bloody world. Um, so he lived in this house when he was a teenager. He's from Walthamstow. William Morris has wanked in this house. William Morris has wanked in this house. And in about 20 minutes, so would have William Duggan. No! <laughs> um, shocked his family by choosing to become an artist instead of a clergyman. What?! I don't want to be a priest. I want to do designing. Let's act this out. I'm William Morris. Mum, Dad, I don't no, want to be like a... No, co- like a cock me. Mum and Dad, I don't want to be a rising yeast. I want to be... <laughs> I want to be painting on the apples and pears. Oh, William, you fucking slick. <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. <laughs> Anyway, he started a company of design called Morris, Marshall, Faulkner and Co. Later, just Morris and Co. Fuck you, what Marshall. What happened to Marshall and Faulkner? World War, Crimea. <laughs> Call of Duty, Crimea. So he he wanted to transform the Victorian age, it says. He thought was basic, beauty was a basic human need, one that I've been bringing to the people for decades now. I mean, just for the listener here, earlier on, I... In a partially, I will last say to you, tongue-in-cheek way, I described myself as beautiful. And Laura said, well, you're <laughs> handsome and solid. <laughs> I think that's fair, Will. So he thought the Victorian industrialisation era was rubbish and he hated rubbish. it. <laughs> I think you're rubbish. Oh, are you still smarting about that? You're beautiful. There you go. You happy now? You're like a nightingale's yeah. noises. And, uh... He fought for social Duress. equality and a return to craftsmanship. Oh, he might have been annoying, you know. Yeah, he'd be the kind of prick who's like, yeah, I whittled this myself. Yeah. Weirdly, he'd have fit in in East London. <laughs> Things were better back in the day. When he died in 1896, his doctor said the cause was simply being William Morris and having done more work than most ten men. That's a bad doctor. Cause of death? Well, <laughs> just being William Morris. 
Do you think that went on the death certificate? Seven years. <laughs> Cause of death, being oneself. Hello, Morris. And so, so there's that plaque, and then around the rest of the room are um, examples of his craft. So you've got like a, a smock on the wall. Did he wear this? A replica artist smock. All right, that's what he might have worn. And then there's some rugs with his prints. Sorry to interrupt you, Laura. Mm-hmm. There's a glass case next to these rugs that you were just mentioning uh, with a couple of leaflets by William Morris. Now, I only saw them through the corner of my eye. The first one is called Monopoly, or How Labour is Robbed. Legit thought it was something to do with the game Monopoly. And then the other leaflet is called Chance for Socialists. <laughs> I say social, you say ist. Social. <laughs> oh, man, I've done that. I might die from being me. <laughs> oh, that's what he looked like. All right, so he's got... Dark curly hair, dark eyes, big old beard. Yeah, weirdly, I've never... He's, it's quite a stereotypical sort of like Victorian portrait in that the background's black, the coat is black, but just a slightly different black. It's a very serious face, big beard. You've seen the thing like it a hundred times, but he's quite young. Yeah. He's in his thirties. God, I hate this. In the past, William was the third of their nine surviving oh, children. Yeah. When William Morris was born, Walthamstow was a village in the Essex countryside. It wasn't even London. No, not till recently, recently. It's interesting, isn't it? You know how people say, oh, London's really changed in the last few years. You know, people who were born in like the 70s or the 80s. Well, William Morris said of Walthamstow, I was born in Walthamstow in 1834, and it once was a pleasant enough place. Like, oh, what's changed? <laughs> Do you even have a Nando's will? You would shit yourself if you could see it now. Oh, his health was delicate while he was little. He was fed calves feet jelly. That's probably why. Can I imagine being ill and the cure being calves feet jelly? Ooh. I'm not a huge fan of orange jelly. Do you like jelly? Oh no, it's always a bit weak. It's I think always I a bit weak. Jelly cubes. It's always a bit weak. You're so spot on. That is such an insightful thing to say. <laughs> it looks like it's going to be so... That red jelly particular. Wow, this is going to be a strawberry bomb in my mouth. It's like... It sounds like somebody had some jelly. <laughs> Somebody's eaten a strawberry, done a piss, and now it's hard. And yeah. that's... Oh, well, that with ice cream. Yeah. That's such a, such, a, such a wordsmith, Laura. I'm so impressed by you. Thanks, mate. All right, so he had a wealthy upbringing. They had houses around the country. This wasn't their only house. He was a bit sickly... Right, he was taught at home until he was nine, and then he attended an academy for young gentlemen. It was in Walthamstow, and he boarded at the school, even when it moved to Woodward. Woodford is like the next place over. Yeah, just yards from his house. Uh, when I lived in uh, Walthamstow, if I needed uh, your more esoteric herbs, we're talking chives, fresh dill, I'd have to go to Woodford. Right. Uh, I've got a waitrose. I thought you were doing a drug, drugs euphemism then, but I think you were actually talking about herbs. I was talking about her- Oh, what? If I wanted drugs, there were loads in Walthamstow. <laughs> All right, so he got interested in architecture as a child, visiting churches and admiring the remains of medieval wall paintings and taking grass rubbings. He sounds cool. This was the start of his respect for local building traditions. Okay, all right. So basically, he likes the area. He's learning from where he's coming from. We won't read you all of these... All right, and oh, so hang on, now his dad is going to die suddenly when he's 13. Um, and their income obviously changes massively, and they move back to Walthamstow. To the modest water house, which, which is by the, the way, is the huge building we're in. Yeah. 
But if you're used to a mansion in Wiltshire... Sure. Yeah, it really is a downgrade to a three-storey Georgian villa with stables, kitchen gardens, extensive grounds, including an island surrounded by a moat that gave the house its name. Can you stop using this tone because you're starting to sound like a TripAdvisor reviewer? <gasps> no. All okay. Fair <laughs> enough. I will say... Wow. If you're downgrading to this, you've come something lovely. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> and he went to Exeter College, Oxford. Oh, yeah. He met. That's when he met Edward Jones, and they became friends straight away. So that's that publisher that lived here as well. That was Edward Lloyd. Oh, then it wasn't. I was going to say, <laughs> I was very impressed. That's when he met Edward Byrne Jones. I was like, who the hell is Edward Byrne Jones? <laughs> yeah, ignore me. Okay, so then Jane Burden started modelling for Morris and his artist friends in Oxford. She came from a very poor background, but the young men were enthralled by her beauty and Morris fell in love. He ignored the social differences between them and asked Jane to marry him. Now, that's such a lovely story. Reader, she said yes. Reader, she said yes. Uh, I'm sure there was nothing skeevy or underhand about the whole thing, but the phrase... She started modelling for him. Makes me feel like he's there. Because she's quite poor. He's, he's there in his little foppish gown going, Jane, get one out. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Does she look like Agnes Sorrell? She's got a real high neck up her. Interestingly, there's a photograph of her and a drawing of her. The drawing is not good. But it is flattering. <laughs> you think? No, I think she's better looking there. She's hot. Do you really think so? Yeah. Imagine her with her eyebrows done and her hair different. Yeah, her hair looks like a wig. Yeah, it's, the hair's not great. I like this little dog curled up on the bed, though. Who's this over here? Over here is Mrs Emma Morris. That's I think his that's mum. his mum. She's got good hair. She has. So, in 1856, they moved to Leighton, which is over the way. And uh, they moved... Weirdly, the Vestry House Museum was where my friend Chris got married. I was the best man. Congratulations, Chris. I expect the speech was excellent. It was. I uh, got a big round of applause at the end and I made an old man cry. Yeah. Yeah. I quoted Winnie the Pooh. That's classic. All right. Well, that's it for this room. We're going to head to the next one. But first, I'm going to take my coat off. I'm very hot. Great. <laughs> Gallery two, starting out. And before we start doing it chronologically, you may have heard recently that Laura had a big opinion on Edward Byrne-Jones, who we thought was someone else. Luckily, we found out who Edward Byrne-Jones is. They were friends at university, and they'd both defied their family by rejecting secure careers in the church, and had both become artists. They Doesn't he look modern? Like, the fo- there's a photo of him aged 23, so this is from 1857. Like, so many people from the past look like they're from the past, yeah. whereas if he walked down the street, I'd go, yeah, no, all right. I think it's close. I think if he walked down the street with that haircut, I'd be like, time travel. Right, so Ruskin was a big influence for them. He decried the moral bankruptcy of Victorian art and society, <laughs> urging a return to the values of the medieval past. We've all said it, life was better in the medieval times. Oh, I say plague, you say yes, please. <laughs> Auntie. Disestablishmentarianism. Oh, I thought you were going to say barracks. Oh, disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on, there's a... What, what's, why is there a knight well, in shining armour? Because this is William Morris's armour. In the previous room, it said on a little thing that we went past, as a child, he used to dress up in a suit of armour and a sword <gasps> and ride a Shetland pony round. 
That's fun. Well, not fun for the Shetland pony, but... Well, no, I think it's fine if he's a kid. Yeah, well, but in the suit of armour. Anyway, here's a lovely... Oh, my God, listen to this. Morris and his friends modelled for each other again. Tits are out. Whilst painting... What? <laughs> We've seen no tits in this, nor in any of his designs. Listen, but it's all about the hint, isn't it? Not here and not in Morris's work. It's all about birds and strawberries. Morris's. Uh, Morris and his friends modelled for each other, dicks out, whilst painting the murals. They dressed up in medieval-style clothes and armour, which Morris commissioned from a local blacksmith. It was a child. When the helmet arrived, Morris couldn't resist trying it on. To the great amusement of his friends, he got stuck, embedded with iron, dancing with rage and roaring inside. Imagine having a childhood bullying incident just as a plaque in a museum for people to giggle at. Yeah, but I do think if the bullying incident comes around the fact that your locally blacksmith commissioned helmet doesn't fit. <laughs> I yeah. love the phrase, but he's asking for it. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. His first commission was a disaster. 1857, Rossetti was invited to decorate the walls of the Oxford Union with scenes from the legends of King Arthur. He gathered together a band of friends, including Morris and Burne Jones, and they basically mucked about and did it real badly. Just screwed it up, mate. But because he's posh, he'll get given a second chance. Don't worry. Yep. <laughs> uh, this, um, this podcast this week, by the way, um, includes paid promotion. Thought we'd best say we are sponsored by chips. Not microwave chips, oven chips. Chips on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where you were going then. Good. It was good at the end, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's a drawing here that he did of Rouen Cathedral, which we discussed in the Joan of Arc. We d- I've been to 1429 Ru- episode of Years and Years, where we covered Joan of Arc in deep dive. And I've been here. I've been to Rouen Cathedral. Um, you know when Morris and his friends were dicking around painting Oxford University? Yeah. Me and my friends were dicking around in Rouen Cathedral. Okay. We were all trying to kiss Sophia Iannarelli, and none of us did. She lives in Australia now. She's married. I wish her well. I will say this, though, Will. In the... In one of the TripAdvisor reviews that I didn't read out because I thought it was a bit boring, they said about how hot this place was. And I am so hot. Um, I'm so hot. For the listener, I'm also quite warm. But you've left your coat on. How are you not dead? Because if I take it off, what, what good will it be? I'm so hot. And now we get into embroidery. Oh, is that Standon House? There's a picture on the wall to the left. I think that's Standon House, which is a national place in Surrey or Sussex, and I visited there. I think that's where he lived as an adult. So that is the Red House in Kent, but thank you for playing. Uh, Rossetti described the Red House as a most noble work in every way, and more a poem than a house. Who's this Rossetti? I feel like he's crept into the conversation. I don't know who he is. What have we missed? I don't know, but look what we've come to. Morris's first wallpaper design. Ooh, and that's nice. So... We'll put some designs, some famous William Morris things up on. I've got a William Morris uh, teapot. I've got William Morris curtains. We are the best. Um, so, yeah, the design is like, it's the first wallpaper. It's like a trellis with some birds and, uh, is it I roses? I prefer this half-painted. They've got the finished wallpaper, and then they've got like a half-coloured-in design version of it in front. And I prefer the half-coloured-in design version. I think they're both nice. I prefer the finished one. So ah. it's nice, isn't it? And what's here? Ah. Ooh. The business, of Launching course. Launching a business. So obviously we mentioned earlier the old Morris Marshall, Fortner & Co. 
so he had decorated the red house and turned it into this more of a poem than a house, amazing house in Kent. And that was what launched his career as a designer. He started an interior decorating business with six partners. Um, yeah, okay, so this is the start of the Morris, Marshall, Faulkner and Co. So we're going from, I suppose, like, uh, hobby to enterprise. Here we go. We're into the months. So it's 12 pictures, one for each month. So you've got January, Janus, the god of beginning and endings. February, who's that? <laughs> uh, Laura has covered the J in Janus. It just says anus now. February. St. Valentine. March. The woodcutter. Then there's, weirdly, it's May. Oh, February. And then April. Flower bear. But they're the wrong way around. Are they? Yeah, April's the fourth month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> June. Sheep July. Reaping. Yeah, I really pronounced that one correct. Uh, August. Threshing about. <laughs> September. Boozing. Wine making, what it says, but the point stands. October. Thank you for this delicious food. <laughs> Miss, that's Kermit doing an impression of Miss Piggy. <laughs> Thank you for this delicious food. Ah, the Muppets. The Muppets go from Carol. Uh, right. Feeding pigs. November. It's an, Very quiet impression, it's an audio fucking <laughs> format. We're nearly, this is the third series. Sewing, but with an O. Yeah. Like the seeds, not... Yeah, no, you were doing sewing with an E. Like thread. <laughs> you know, I've learned to knit. Oh. December, killing a boar. <laughs> oh, I had a really good one lined up for that. Go. I was going to go, ow! Why did you feed me? You're just going to stab me. Uh, Kermit doing an impression of his piggy dying. <laughs> Uh, I am right back on board with Politically William Morris. Here's a quote by William Morris. I've never been in any rich man's house which would not have looked the better for having a bonfire made of nine-tenths of all that it held. Ooh. Yes, William. Bam, bam, bam. Victorian roast battle. <laughs> <laughs> Your Majesty, I don't mind the, the palace, but I wouldn't think, I think it would be better if there was a bonfire of nine-tenths of all things you know. Final joke. <laughs> they didn't like the Victorian clutter. I agree, William Morris, I hate clutter. Uh, and they wanted promoted, well-made, understated design for the houses that they were decorating. Yeah, all right. Um, but it was difficult business. But he was a good businessman, and then he bought out the remaining partners and became Morris & Co. And opened a shop on Oxford Street. All right, so this is the beginning of like them becoming a household name for well, sexy by houses. By the end of the century, Morrison Co. was the byword for good taste. Yeah, that's what I sort of summarised. If yeah. I just said it back. Yeah. So there's like silk prints on the wall and wallpaper. Ooh, this is a wallpaper that they were commissioned to put in St. James's Palace for Queen Victoria. The blue one. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. That's nice. It's kind of blue leaves. I do like Is that it. Is a fleur de lis? No. No. Oh, yeah, look, there's a picture of the drawing room. It's Standon, West Sussex. There we go. The Beale family, they commissioned Philip Webb to build a new country retreat for them in the 1890s, and many of the furnishings were ordered from Morrison Co. Oh, so he didn't live there, he just furnished the house. Yeah. Okay, well. But there's a game here. You have a product to make. You have next to it a brand meter, which starts at weak, ends at strong. You have four years left, and you have £120. It is 1875. What product will I make? A hundred embroidery cloths? No, I want to make ceramic tiles. Okay. I think that they're going to be really commercial. Okay, so we're making a hundred pack ceramic tiles. You press that, then a picture of Lord Lolly, aristocrat. I could use these tiles to decorate my my fireplace. Beep, we've bought him. This is your brand strength. A strong brand means you're so... Oh my God, that fucking Instagram. Basically, brand. Okay, who are you going to get to design your tiles? William Morris has zero pounds. Philip Webb has, or is it, is it cost? cost? I reckon. Let's get William Morris to do it. Yeah, we're he, He's free. Tell. Yeah, and we're going to design them ourselves. Oh, we are William Morris. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do it ourselves. William. Oh, and our fame has made our brand stronger, so our brand meter's going up. Okay, how are we going to make and tile them? Make tiles and hand paint them for £60. Buy tiles and hand paint them for £40. Buy tiles and use a stencil to paint them. I think buy tiles and hand paint them. Yeah, I think the middle one too, yeah. yeah. If you can find a good supplier, it will be efficient. Great, let's do it. We've made our brand stronger. How much are we going to charge? A lot. Um, So, for £1, Bill Smith, the handsome cab driver, he can buy them. For £6, Mary Ward, the novelist, can buy them. For £12, Lord Lolly, the aristocrat, can buy them. Yeah, and the thing is, we don't want every Dick and Harry to be able to buy them. That's going to be bad for our brand. So I think put them just above the novelist. Yeah, that's what I've done. So Lord Lolly, he was the one that wanted. So let's do £7. How are we going to market them? Um, We are going to sell at a trade fair. Now, that's the £30 option. We've only got £80 left, so I think that's a good thing to do. It's a good way. They say great work. They haven't told us off for anything so far. The critics think we're great. A man here has said that our tile design is a reason for me to live. Wow. They're made with care. The handsome cab man says the few would be nice, but they're out of my reach. The woman has said the tiles would be nice from the fire, but they're a bit pricey. And then Lord Laurie's like, lovely stuff, great work. 
We sold 47 packs. We've made 329 pounds. We need a stronger brand. Right, so what do we do now? It's a commission. The Forest School in Walthamstow have offered us 120 pounds to create a stained glass window. We're delighted by that. Who's gonna design it? Hmm. Mm, how about? Our friend, Edward Byrne Jones, because our connections will keep our brand strong. Yeah, okay, and he's chief designer of figurative stained glass window and tapestries, according. It's gotta be Edward Byrne Jones. Oh, that's really pushed our brand up. The meter is running. Great. And then the critic's back, and he said, Edward Byrne Jones' window design is a reason for me to live. Someone needs <laughs> to get this critic some help. I don't know if he's right. It is exquisitely crafted. You can't go about your life living for tiles and windows. It's 18... What if we mess up the business and he dies? L Laura, it's 1877. What product will we make? I think it's going to be wallpaper. Okay. Because we can make this a bit more affordable, maybe. Like, the tiles are out of reach, but the wallpaper we can make a bit more affordable. Who's going to design it? Now, I mm. think that Henry Durrell is the one for that, isn't he? Well, Rosette, is Rosetti an option? I think it's going to be Henry Durrell, you know? All right. Oh, lack oh, of fame. We've made our brand weaker. We've weakened the brand. And I think let's open a shop now. Yeah, we're opening a fashionable shop. Boom. The brand has shot back up again. We've recovered from our previous thing. The critics think we're great. Henry Dahl's wallpaper design is beautiful. It's exquisitely crafted. It's 1879. Let's see how we've done. We've made 914 pounds. The critics think our brand is well established. In four years, Morrison Co has risen from humble beginnings to becoming fashionable. My wife Jane says, that's pretty good. And that's really all the support we needed. And that's the end of the game. Yeah, all right, fun. That was fun. So there's a tapestry loom in front of us. I just don't really understand how looms work. No, neither do I. Oh, and there's drawing material, so you can sort of like draw out designs on a grid so you can see how they would be replicated and printed and mass produced. In fact, there's a video here telling you how they use a loom. So cotton threads go onto the frame, and then the vertical threads are called the warp. They provide the framework for on which the tapestry is woven. And then other stuff happens, but quite slowly. Yeah, this video is not very interesting. By the early 19th century, tapestry weaving had fallen into decline as fashions changed and homes became better insulated. There was less demand for heavy wall hangings. Yeah, all right. But Morris liked them, and he wanted to bring back a revival. So he made tapestries for them. Okay, oh, yeah, fun. So because he'd grown up in the Essex countryside, that's why a lot of his prints are flowers and birds. It's because that's what he liked. He advised would-be pattern designers to abstract from nature rather than copying literally. Patterns should have order and structure and lines should be strong and crisp, not weak or flabby. One of the original woodblocks used for printing. Oh, that's cool. So you're welcome to touch it, but it's too fragile to use. And this um, block was used to make the daffodil pattern. I didn't really realise he'd done stained glass. I knew about like prints and furniture and tiles and wallpapers. I didn't realise about the stained glass being a big deal. So this is, now we're in the next gallery, which is a facsimile of the shop. So it's just quite nice. It's basically um, everything we've talked about, woodcutting, embroidery, 
stained glass painting all shown so that you can come in and have a look. Yeah, I like that this is the shop recreated. That's really lovely. It's beautiful blue walls uh, and then the, the, the high ceilings, obviously, and then they've got like, you know when you go to buy a sofa and they've got the, <laughs> the swatch book, they've got that but of different tapestry prints. And there's a massive carved seat, like, you know, you'd have in a lobby and a big country hall and rolls of wallpaper on the wall. It's beautiful. I'd have liked the Oxford Street shop, I think. I'd have spent time hanging out there. So we're going upstairs to the Young Poland exhibition. An Arts and Crafts Movement, 1890 to 1918. You can see out the back of the window Lloyd Park Ooh, there. Pretty. It's very nice, Lloyd Park. During the old lockdown, we used to take our uh, daily walk around Lloyd Park. Cold. Ah, nice though. They've even got William Morris on the carpets. Well, if anywhere can bloody afford it. <laughs> it's a lovely staircase, isn't it? I'd like to have a grand staircase in a house I live in one day. You've got two staircases. Yeah, I don't have a grand... No. You know, it's some bog-standard stairs. I'm not, not happy with them. I like having stairs, but... And that's it, really, for the William Morris bit. Well, there's, um, there's an exhibition upstairs about the young Polish art movement, but we've decided we want to keep William Morrissey. Yeah, we had a little look round. It looks nice enough, but it wasn't what we were here for. I think, like, um, as Laura said to me upstairs, it's for locals to keep them coming back. I think if you do come to William Morris, which I'd recommend, it's nice to look round, it's interesting. Have a look upstairs, see what's on. But um, by the time this comes out, it may well not be what we're talking yeah. about. So it's irrelevant. <laughs> right, we're going to get stuck into the gift shop. See you afterwards. And there we have it. That's us. That's us done. That was... I'm going to take my mask off. That was nice, wasn't it? Just really, like, small and little and pretty, informative. Yeah, it's also, like, because it's quite a small community museum but with quite a big subject matter yeah and it's quite nice i think if there was a museum about say william morris near where we lived and it was that small i'd be like what's the point in this but the <laughs> fact that the house you're walking around is the house where he lived the town we're walking around now we've left the museum it's a town where he you know lived yeah. it's really lovely and so we're doing this what is it like the middle of december it's quite cold it was hot in there but behind is Lloyd Park, where in the summer is just nice to hang out. Yeah. I think if you... So, here's what I think about it. I would not make the journey of more than an hour to come to the William no. Morris Gallery. But if I was in London or... You know, it, it's 20 minutes on the Victoria Line yeah. from King's Cross. If you've got a couple of hours to spare, there are much worse things you can be doing. Completely. Or if you, like... You spend a lot of time in London and you just want something a little bit different. Um, it's very quiet, it's just nice and relaxing and you don't feel like you've got to like scrutinise everything in detail but it is a nice alternative thing to do in London which if this podcast isn't about that, what is it about William? Friendship. He said friendship but he was vaping. I wasn't vaping. Friendship. I was halfway through vaping. Friendship. I'd the vape. I hadn't outed the vape. I thought I had about another 10 seconds before I'd be called upon to talk. But I ended my speaks. Um, anyway, speaking Thank of friendship... Thank you for coming.
thank you for listening. We love you. Uh, if you're not on the Patreon yet, get on the Patreon. You get a whole episode of Years and Years every week. We pull a year apart. You'll have seen the trailers. You might have come to our New Year special. Hey, we love you. Yeah, if you're not coming to our New Year's special... Oh, wait. It was it's in been. the past. Ignore Will. Ignore Will. Uh, and if you don't have the money to be on the Patreon, that's absolutely fine. Leave us a nice review, please. All right, we love you. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, I have no idea why we signed off like that. Obviously, we've still got a chat to Mark Bloody Watson. How are you, my lovely? Hi. Um, yeah, I'm fine. Thanks. Thanks for doing what I said and going to that uh, gallery. I know you're always looking for places to go, but still. Thanks for sending us, because the last one we did was Box Hill, where Jen Brister sent us, and it was very muddy and disgusting, and we hated it. It was rubbish, so we were... Mark. It was rubbish. <laughs> we hated it. We were really yeah. glad to be somewhere clean and dry. Uh, a hill can sort of go either way, can't it? It's not always... No, nope, um, you go up or down, that's it. Oh, yeah. But you can go either way, up or down it, I suppose. Yeah. At one point, I think we were backing down it, facing up, because it was the best way to make sure we didn't fall, wouldn't it? Yeah, I wanted to give you somewhere which wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't contain any sort of discomfort or danger, basically. I, I don't know. I mean, Jen Jen can sort of account for her own decisions, but I wanted you to have like a, a pleasant, <laughs> quite middle class time of it. We're so grateful. I think it was one of our lowest stress days out, actually, because, Will, you know Walthamstow really well. I lived there for like uh, three years. So, yeah, three, four years I lived there. So I just I know how to get around. I know which tube to get on, which tube to get off. Yeah, exactly. It's something you already know. I mean, Box Hill is more of a, well, you've been to all sorts of places you have. And, you know, this was just to be fair, part of the point of the podcast. But I feel like low, and it is low stress, really. The, the only, I mean, as stressful as it gets is um, if you try and get a coffee in that little uh, cafe next to the gallery and your, mm. maybe your car doesn't uh, read properly or something like that. And even then you can get around it if you've got cash. <laughs> No, we had a great time. Have you been to it recently or is it one of those places that's too near your house for you to remember to go? Yeah, I've not been to the actual gallery for, um, yeah, since early on in my time here, which is actually only a couple of years ago. But I am around it all the time because there's this cafe attached to it. And for example, my um, kids had a bike lesson there, well, in the park only the sort of last week. And it was, um, to be perfectly frank, fucking freezing. So I let the guy... (laughs) pushed them around on their bikes and just retreated to the, that cafe is a real um, godsend. So I'm adjacent to the culture uh, quite a lot, I, but I mostly don't get any further than having lattes or they do even sell those little wines for sort of later in the I've got to say, Mark, it, the more we're chatting, the more it seems that you should have sent us to the cafe next to the William Morris Gallery. Because <laughs> you seem to I, love that cafe. I'm really fond of it, but I don't know if it qualifies as a national treasure exactly. You could maybe do a spin-off podcast where you just go to loads of nice cafes. Um, I mean, you were saying you're a big fan of something, Laura. Oh, yeah. Um, you're a good host. You should host this podcast. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I just instinctively <laughs> got my hosting on there. <laughs> I already liked William Morris's patterns and designs. Like I've got a bit, I've got some curtains and some bits and bobs in his patterns. Did, yeah. So it's quite nice to find out about him. I didn't know like any of that really. He designed all sorts and he painted all sorts and there's loads of his bits and pieces up around, around Walthamstow. I mean, bits and pieces is doing a disservice really. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you a fan of the design aesthetic of the, like the Morris style or is that not? I, I do like it. And I like the sort of, um, slightly art decoy uh 
lettery letterface vibe that seems to accompany all of his stuff as well yeah i didn't know anything about him until i came to Walthamstow. but as i say he's quite heavily um featured here i was also in um toronto before christmas and saw a one of his designs with a little william morris sort of plaque or i can't remember what, even what it was it was on a building and i felt a kind of a flicker of uh you know local pride at the idea of it I really enjoyed it mostly because I like his patterns. Everyone likes his patterns. But I hadn't realised just what like a decent human being he was as well. That was like a whole... I'd gone and experience yeah. to enjoy one thing, then there's a whole other layer for me. Yeah, philanthropy of various kinds, was it? And um, uh, he said some quite enlightened things about art and society and stuff like that. It is nice when you admire someone's work for the past and it turns out they weren't a sort of terrible person because mm. you do quite get that with olden days people unfortunately yeah he was a proper socialist like there was the little book of songs to sing for the revolutionary uprising and it very much stoked Duggan's fires he's always trying to burn places I'm surprised he didn't burn the gallery down actually he just sort of can't help himself have you ever managed but, to drag the kids round or is it too close to a fun looking park to be able to entice I think them? they actually went round as part of each of them as part of school trips it's the sort of thing that oh, if you yeah, go to school yeah. around here they, they hit the, the William Morris button fairly hard so I think as with quite a lot of cultural attractions in these parts my children have been uh, taken to them by more responsible adults like teachers which has <laughs> meant I've not had to worry about that and I can just sort of carry on with going to films and, and Nando's afterwards <laughs> which is what we normally do and uh and I, again I, I couldn't really send you to the Walthamstow empire cinema to see <laughs> part of this series because I, I feel like it's again just slightly outside the parameters of the podcast we could have gone yeah. and seen a documentary i suppose yes i suppose so yeah well maybe we'll do that next time maybe my thing will be i'll just send you to more and more cushy days out to counterbalance yeah. all the people that make you go to <laughs> island Thanks. Yeah, if you could send us to the Brighton Marina View Cinema, please, that would really help with our carbon footprint and our enthusiasm uh, yeah, yeah. for this podcast. Yeah, gradually the podcast <laughs> ambitions will just dwindle to stuff that you can get to within <laughs> 10 minutes. Nice days near my house. <laughs> nice days near my house by Laura yeah. Unwell. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a lot of people's podcasts, they never leave their own house at all. So you're still, you're far more. It's a much better idea for a podcast. Who in their yeah. right minds does a podcast where you have to go to places that are hundreds of miles from your house, but there's no proof you actually went there. You might have just played with a soundboard. Um, and it's true, actually. It's free. You've got a, you know, all of the difficulty of a travel documentary <laughs> without any of the visual evidence that you <laughs> that you yeah. made. Yeah, it's and a yeah, really terrible also, idea for a podcast. <laughs> well, plus, as you say, as we've both said, uh, most of the appeal of a podcast is you can do it essentially without getting out of bed you, you've, you've yeah. hit on one of the few podcast templates which is as much work as making uh, like a telly show or something yeah yeah it's very with none of the money with none of the money <laughs> but with more cultural enrichment speaking of cultural enrichment mark i have to say that being on a zoom call uh with you now as i am sat where you are i am expecting you at any point to eat a bit of curry describe <laughs> something as fiddly and then uh, it, it looks like you're in a no more jockeys call well, it right does, now. I'm loving it. Where I nearly always play from. And in fact, yeah. I've done so much stupid stuff sitting in this chair that it does feel, um, <laughs> yeah. We we have we have to say, though, that we actually were so grateful to you for the No More Jockeys podcast format because we play it constantly in the car. Um, it's nice yeah. that Will, in fact, is, is quite a competitive player. And I played him several times on the way back from 
uh, late night gigs last year. It, one of the big upshots of the pandemic is how much sort of curry I've eaten in front of members of the public. I don't know <laughs> anywhere near as many of my dinners to uh, to sort of hit the big league. Or... People often tweet me now asking me about my takeaway choices and things like that. I wouldn't have... Um... Well, none of us could have chosen what we'd become well-known for over the past couple of years, but I didn't think how many takeaways I have. You're such a sort of... Like, I, is polymath the word I mean? But you're so good at diversifying what you do, though. I feel like you were always somebody that was going to cope well with the change of format over the pandemic because you you do write and sort of you've got stand-up, but you've also got lots of other outlets. So you've diversified really well. I'd say the same to you, really. You wrote a book out of a, a Twitter thread, for example. Well, that, that's a uh, diversification. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Uh, I suppose I've sort of, um, I've just got, I mean, polymath is the word, but it's too generous a word because that is these people you used to get, a bit like William Morris probably actually, mm-hmm. a proper polymath with these dicks in the old days who would like do a painting. Actually, Darren Brown is a polymath because he does all those beautiful portraits and stuff as well as his main thing. I've just got basically one skill like most of us, which is just sort of <laughs> expressing myself in whatever way I can but I just twist it into lots yeah. of different forms and yeah <laughs> I suppose the pandemic forced us to just find any it's, it's I suppose it's hustle is the word for it uh, mm. essentially just all but that was I think for me it's more of sort of it's less to do with uh diversification of skills and more to do with just um and it's probably similar for you just sort of desperation to keep doing stuff really not financially so much although that was a worry but for everyone but more just this sense of lost purposes like if I'm not doing if I'm not doing this then what the hell am I doing and the answer to that was um well a variety of things including YouTube games and yeah Zoom games and all the rest of it but it comes down to the same thing I think comedians during this crisis either I mean the ones that could afford to not get a proper job full time you're left with either doing nothing and just sort of hibernating which a lot of people did or almost going the other way and just endlessly throwing stuff at the wall and hoping some of it landed maybe um maybe one of you could say something nice about me now (laughs) well duggan (laughs) you have hoped admirably thanks everyone uh that's what i needed i am nothing if not needy well you did proper actual you did actual work so we're if in a sense, guiltily leaving you out of the conversation because we're aware that we didn't shove things up people's noses or um, do any of the other... I didn't um... start selling drugs just for anyone that's not... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think that that might be ambiguous. But if you're, if you're a dealer, you don't normally actually put it up their nose, do you? You, you let them serve themselves. That's the, that's the reason I'm the best dealer out there. <laughs> it's bean to nose, you know, like from you're farm a... to table. You're a bespoke service. A high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, don't even, you don't even have to take the drugs. We'll do it for you. Before any of us end up in prison, uh, thank you so much, Mark, for sending us there. We had a great time. Uh, thanks for your smart words. I'm glad um, you liked it. Is, where can people find you? What have you got going on? I imagine this is the first they've uh, ever heard of you, is via is our awesome podcast. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask I always feel really like a real prick being like hey someone much more famous than me yeah. <laughs> how will people know who you are i've had the exact same though the podcast that i do um we've had several people from like drag race uk and things like that and you say how can people find out about you and of course they're trying not to say well they already they already know yeah. <laughs> there's uh, on this massive tv show you see and you guys are doing a podcast yeah it's basically 
it never it can never not feel like an insulting question on some level i think to ask someone um also, I thought you were going to ask, how can people find the William Morris Gallery? I was about to look up the postcode and stuff for you. Ah. Um, but uh, no, I, people can also Google that information, I guess, can't they? Um, me, it's a case of, well, actually, I normally just say with these things, if you look on Twitter, you'll find me, except I'm not Mark Watson, I'm Watson Comedian, because uh, some bastard that was more tech savvy got got what Mark Watson very early in the uh, evolution of Twitter. But also, if you just Google my name, you'll spot which one is me. There are a few Mark Watsons. One of them is a stick insect guy. There's not much crossover between what we do, really. Like actually um, into stick insects or just looks like Yeah, one? like an expert. Honestly, I used to do stand-up about this. Wow. Every now and again, I'd receive an email asking some some question about stick insect maintenance. And I didn't feel I was the right... I, for a while, I passed them on to him and then I just sort of started answering them. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it can't be that hard of, to keep a sick insect alive, though, can it? That was my thing. I didn't feel like any advice I could give would, would, was likely to be fatal to someone already <laughs> new the, the territory. Um, but he's, he seems to have a lower profile now on, on mm. uh, the internet. My main rival is someone who's written books about like Java programming and stuff like that. But basically, Google me or look me up on Twitter and you'll find all my stuff, uh, I reckon. Or you, you might just find that I'm on this podcast, I suppose. That'll be the most recent item. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's very easy. Thank you. So there we have the wonderful. He is just wonderful, isn't he, Mark Watson? And he and he is a polybath, despite what he says. Yeah, he's just so great. I really like him. Um, and he sent us to a place that I also liked, and I would go again. So there we have it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you love us, please could you like our podcast, give it a rating, five stars, five stars or nothing, you cowards, and. Do a little line about why you love us and get other people to listen to us. You can like tweet us. Treasures. Will is sexy. There's a review you can all put. It's a great one. Yeah, they went to the William Morris Gallery. I had a great time and I kissed my headphones because I was enjoying it so much. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you can tweet us. We are at TreasuresPod on Twitter. We're also at TreasuresPod on Instagram. You can send us messages. You can see photos of our days out. You can generally chat to us. Uh, if you are one of our patrons, which is patreon.com forward slash national treasures, don't forget to join the Discord where we chat daily about nonsense. You can also send us an email because it's still just mainly my dad. Nationaltreasurespodcast at gmail.com. Other than that, you can just keep living your life the best way that you see fit and i applaud you for that we love you thanks for listening see you next week bye bye up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.